how one Pennsylvania community bank is attacking identity theft and implementing protections to prevent money laundering. Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with BankInfoSecurity.com. I'm here today with Bill Johnson, the security officer for Team Capital Bank, and Richard Boyer, the executive vice president and general counsel for Team Capital Bank. Team Capital Bank is a $670 million financial institution which serves five regions in Pennsylvania and New Jersey. Bill, before we get started, could you please tell the audience a little about your role within Team Capital Bank, as well as a little about Team Capital Bank's security team that's dedicated to fraud and identity theft prevention? Well, my role within the bank um, as a security officer also includes a lot of BSA um, and AML monitoring. Right now, for us, it's a manual process, uh, which we are in the process of, obviously, um, updating to a automated system that uh, Walter Kluwers uh, has come on board with us. So we're looking really forward to that. As far as compliance challenges, because of the fast-changing compliance laws, rules, and regulations that have been happening, this, this we hope, uh, will help us to meet those, those goals that we have to absolutely achieve. What unique challenges did Team Capital face where compliance with, you mentioned BSA, the Bank Secrecy Act, the USA Patriot Act, and the Red Flags Rule, where did the challenges come in where those things are concerned? Uh, primarily staff training, I think, and um, also the monitoring aspect of it as well. Um, it's, you know, as these uh, regulations change for banks, you know, they have, banks have to be up, up to snuff and uh, ready to roll. Uh, so they've got to, we've got to constantly keep changing and, and, and altering and, and training. Sure. And then from a fraud and identity theft perspective, what have been some of the trends that Team Capital has been faced with over the last 12 months? What we've primarily seen um, are customers who normally wouldn't have done so in the past are now trying to um, structure their deposits to avoid reporting requirements, as well as um, some instances of attempted check kiting, but because of the speed of the check clearing now, thanks to Check 21, that has started to die off. That, it's almost impossible to, to pull off a, an actual check kite these days because of the, the speed of the processing of the checks. Now, Richard, I'd like to bring you into the call. Could you please tell us a little bit about your role within Team Capital, as well as a little bit about the bank? I can tell you about the bank. We were chartered as a federal savings association in the fall of 2005. We actually opened for business in January of 2006, so we're about five years old. However, we operate as a full-service commercial bank. As you indicated, we have nine branches. We have three uh, loan production offices over the five regions uh, in both Pennsylvania and New Jersey. We also uh, have three branches on the drawing board that we intend will be constructed and in operation by the end of this year or early 11. Currently, we have about 110 employees throughout the organization. I am the Bank Secrecy Act Compliance Officer uh, and have been since the bank's inception. And until two years ago, I was also the designated compliance officer for the bank. Uh, those are the two areas uh, in which I serve that are uh, applicable to the discussion today. What do you see as being some of the unique regulatory or compliance challenges for Team Capital? I believe right now that the biggest 
compliance challenge is the institution of the regulatory changes occasioned by the recent economic downturn and the perception that that downturn uh, has to do uh, primarily with fair consumer lending. We are seeing Reg Z, Truth in Lending, HUD requirements uh, being changed, being tightened up, being added, and we also uh, are working our way through the new uh, consumer credit protection legislation with respect to what that new body is going to do and how it will affect us in the application and uh, adherence to new and different regulations. As a result of the economic downturn, has Team Capital had to cut its resources or has that affected its fraud prevention and or security teams in any way? It has not. Uh, in fact, due to our very rapid growth, we have uh, committed additional resources to AML and fraud issues, both financial and personnel resources. And what prompted Team Capital to invest in an off-the-shelf anti-money laundering or identity theft protection solution? Our core processing is provided by a third-party vendor, so we're accustomed uh, to some extent to some off-the-shelf applications. Uh, as I said, we're not yet five years old, and we don't have the resources or the desire to, to reinvent the wheel, particularly uh, with an entity-wide, what we perceive to be low BSA AML risk profile. And this is a question I'd like to ask you, Richard, as well as Bill, and um, either one of you can, can step in and then be followed by the next, but what options did Team Capital explore? We never considered our own customized solution to AML, BSA, and uh, fraud issues. Now, Team Capital has signed with Walters Kluwer Financial Services, which, Bill, you mentioned earlier, and you're using Walters' risk ID solution to verify customer identities and screen high-risk users. The bank also is using Walters' AML suite to monitor, analyze, and investigate and prevent suspicious activity that could lead to money laundering. The bank expects to have services completely rolled out by early 2011. How will Team Capital gauge the success of those programs? I would think that from the um, suspicious activity monitoring itself, because it's analyzing everything together, um, that we would see an increase in, in what we would you know, consider to be suspicious activity. Are you talking about just the, the AML suite, or are you talking about across the board? Um, across the board, because it, will, it not only monitors the, the physical transactions, but it, it's seeing EH transactions coming in, wire transfers coming in, those items going out. So it monitors it all together. We're going to be looking at the solution and its accuracy, its transparency, the ease of operation, the extent of integration, the opinions and reports of our auditors and examiners, satisfaction of the staff, and the overall effectiveness of the solution. And Richard, how long do you think it will take to actually gauge that success? Are you looking, you're going to have to look at information over the course of 12 months, or will you be able to perhaps have a feel within six months? I would anticipate somewhere between six and 12. Now, I'd like to introduce Tom Lechner, the Director of Financial Crime Control Solutions for Walters Kluwer Financial Services. 
Tom, could you please tell us a little bit about your role? Uh, my role, uh, as you mentioned, I'm responsible for the financial crime control solutions at Walters Kluwer, and what that really means is, is I lead the product uh, creation, development, delivery. I'm also responsible for the P&L of the business, and uh, what that really means is the customer satisfaction. Great. Now, Tom, are both solutions being used by Team Capital web-based? Are they in the cloud? Uh, they are, in fact, uh, web-based ASP solutions. Uh, so Team Capital does not uh, have to install and uh, configure and support uh, the, the, uh, the servers, et cetera, on, in their environment. They're using and connecting their systems uh, to our ASP services. Okay, which kind of goes back to what Richard was saying earlier about tying all that in with the rollout of, of their new core processing platform. Exactly. Now, Tom, I'd like to start with you, and then, Richard, I'd like for you to follow up. Tom, could you tell us what the advantages and disadvantages are for banks and credit unions when they're looking to move to this type of off-the-shelf, web-based, or cloud solutions? What are the considerations? I think uh, typically, at least from what we hear, our cost of ownership as financial institutions look at whether they should decide to do have an install or deployed solution in their environment versus an ASP. They look at the overall, uh, first they look at their business strategy and is part of their business, business strategy, does it include having their own infrastructure, own their own IT department, uh, their own um, SAS 70 hosted infrastructure in their environment, or do they really look to uh, business partners to provide those solutions for them? Uh, and then that en really enables them to look to more, how is the system used? What is the efficacy of the system? How do different systems connect and share information? Uh, responsiveness of the system? So those are the kinds of considerations, at least we hear when we're discussing with customers. I think cost is always an important factor. But I also think the resources of the particular financial institution, both in terms of personnel and in technology, when you start considering hosting your own application become very important. I also think that the experience of the vendor and the ex its experience with the particular programs available is very important. And finally, I think that the comfort level that the bank or credit union has with the vendor and with the particular solution that uh, you elect. And Bill, now I'd like to come back to you and, and just see if you could offer some advice to other banking institutions that might be considering a, a similar solution. You know, What are some of the considerations that they should take into account from a security perspective? Well, of course, as, as your institution grows, uh, it becomes harder and harder to follow through on, on some of these you know, threats that you might be you know, perceiving to come, come into your institution. So I would say that uh, you would need to go to some sort of a electronic monitoring if you're not already doing it and to uh, keep on top of it and uh, do the best that you can do to, with, with what you've got. We have the resources to do some of the risk identification profiling for our customers and our products and services, and we have the ability 
to identify to a large extent uh, our new customers. We also have the ability to check them against all the government lists. So that I think in terms of the front end analysis, although Walter's core is significantly more sophisticated and might add more of a level of standardization to what we do, I think we can do that uh, pretty well given our size. However, as Bill indicates, the things we cannot do as well uh, as we should it is the monitoring of the activities because Bill was forced to look at so many reports in an attempt to discover uh, transactions which may be unusual, and also our inability to aggregate different types of transactions uh, in order to determine uh, whether or not that activity appears to be uh, of a nature that we want to investigate a little further. So the monitoring is, is really what we're looking forward to with the WizCentry solution. And finally, in closing, I'd like to close with Tom and Richard. And Tom, we'll start with you. From a fraud and security perspective, where does money laundering rank among the greatest challenges facing the financial industry? Uh, I think it's uh, quite high. Uh, uh, over the last number of years, we've seen a dramatic change in the profile of money launderers, in particular the sophistication of fraudsters and money launderers has uh, increased exponentially, and their ability to exploit technology, electronic payments, cross-border funding, uh, terrorist financing, et cetera, the, all of these things tend to be intertwined. And the leveraging of the technology, and as financial institutions have opened up their systems for improved customer service and more rapid uh, processing of payments, et cetera, has created a, a, a real uh, window of opportunity, if you will, for money launderers. And I think as a result, uh, there's a heightened uh, awareness and scrutiny by regulators as well as financial institutions in order to um, track and monitor and respond to uh, these threats. And Richard, what's your perspective? I think VSA, AML, from the institution standpoint, and also the regulator standpoint, uh, CSA is number one in importance and number two in importance. Recently, I think, as I said, fair lending may be a uh, risk and a challenge to the financial community due to the economy and, and perceived deficiencies in, in, in regulators. I think, uh, however, AML and also fraud activity becomes more of a concern and a continuing important concern due to competition, particularly in the electronic banking arena. Uh, the old face-to-face -face, uh, identifying, verifying, and then uh, monitoring activity has gone away uh, with the dawn of the electronic banking age, and uh, I think that, again, since it's been since I started in the business and since probably 9-11, uh, AML, BSA, fraud is the, the number one challenge. Again, we've just heard from Team Capital Bank regarding its decision to sign with a third party for stronger identity theft and money laundering protection. For BankInfoSecurity.com, I'm Tracy Kitten.